Hello there, welcome to Sample Axis Podcast once more. We are back with another episode. This is episode 5 of the Sample Axis Podcast. Um, essentially what this is about, like you already know, or if you're new to this, what we try to do is to, you know, review songs from way back that have been recycled today just for, you know, longevity. The best songs from those years find their way back to this time. So we are here to try to have fun and then to review songs that are back in our ears after many many years my name is Buiga and of course with Nelson on the show uh, we are getting into you know another ride of throwback music and of course new music uh, at least in the last few years that we're trying to put together and entertain you that's essentially what the podcast is about Nelson welcome to the show I'm really excited about this episode as I am for every other episode because we take our time to talk about music um, from the past they're talking about like throwback songs and then we talk about how they have links with probably new songs yeah sometimes and also older songs so we can go track back all the way to 1970 pick up a song like we're doing today mm. and see what was done with that same song in 1991 or 1992 and look at how amazing there's a there's like a reflection of the older song and the new yeah, one and but it doesn't sound better. the same or yeah it's modernized or sounds a whole lot better speaking of sampling and you know the idea of uh, old and new music we always mention it that you know it's 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 something it's a good thing that you know a song that has been quote unquote forgotten can find its way back yeah. into these times maybe by way of people going back uh you know 10 20 50 years but i wonder how long like is there a limit to how far you can go to, uh, to dig i really don't think there's a limit though you know what you think about it because we have songs that track back um in terms of sampling track yeah. back 30 40 years yeah you know what we're talking about people sampling songs from 1940 yeah 1950s even in this time even in this time because they, it could just be yeah uh, for example i just thought about one now 1976 Ted Taylor's um, song, I forgot the name of the song exactly now, but it was sampled on um, DNA. That's um, Kendrick, Lamar. Kendrick Lamar's song. And I remember the place, one particular, apart from DNA, I think Duckworth. Now, you, you're too. talking about 76 to 2017. Yeah. So that's, that's, a lot. that's almost I, 40 years. Yeah, I, I, I can relate to that, but can we get a kid in 2020 going all the way to them? Frank Sinatra's. Of course, of course, of course, of course. Have we seen examples? Um, Maybe yeah, not. I'm very sure there are examples. First of all, like artists, like the um, the American artists mostly. We have, you know, uh, for example, in the Nigerian um, music industry, yeah. now we have Nigerian music not so um, kept in archive. That's yeah. what I'll say because there are co- a couple of songs that you can't actually put your hands on, especially the original version. Yeah. To actually listen to them, but like the American audience, they have or the American music industry, they have masters that have been kept in probably mm. Universal yeah. or you know. MGM or whatever RCA or whatever, all those major labels of those, yeah. that time Columbia Records so people that are listening to music now or producers mostly they would listen to all those songs now take it, a snippet take I, one part I think it has to do with access if your song is yeah. not, is not out accessible. there yeah. it might be hard to sound that's the problem you know what I just what you just said now just reminded me of the fact that there was one particular time Alexo Alexo that was very big for Nigeria in the 1980s like late 80s he was mm. prominent from like 88 down into the into like 90s. the 90s um, I think for a very long time apart from radio songs people didn't actually get to like have access to songs even yeah. when the new millennium started and yeah. we could actually access songs online we took maybe 2007 or so 2007 mm. or 
2008. I think he came back to Nigeria, mm. and that's when he released these songs mm. down to the mainstream, and then we can actually go back and listen. Songs like Alexo's song should be sampled because he had really good numbers. I mean, yeah. he had some very cool words I would use that time. He used to be but one if, play. But if this generation cannot access the songs or, or somehow don't have access, only a few people in this generation can remember. It's not likely that, that people will sample it in this generation. That's why I feel the, most of the songs being sampled are the popular songs at the time. Mm. Uh, and that's why I think we mentioned on the Mark Barrywood episode how, you know, the song that was popular in his time can attract a new audience for a new song that sampled it. Yes. So as long as soon as they hear the hook that, or a line that is being sampled, they remember and then they pay attention to the new song. Yeah. So it's like, you know, attention cutter if there's something like that. It's, yeah. it's going to make people pay attention to this new song since they can hear, uh, you know, a lyric or a line from it from, yeah. from a song they, 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 they once knew. For example, we know that people are attracted to what they have heard before. So when you hear that song, even if you don't know the song proper, something just tells you, I know I've heard this song from somewhere. Imagine somebody doing Premier Gao again, like we did in the last episode. Imagine somebody taking some parts of the beats and redoing it yeah. presently, right? This right, this time, will 2020, you would say, oh, wow, I know this song. Even yeah. if you are not very far, even if you don't know the name of the song is Premier Gao mm. by Magic System, you'll be like, yeah, there's something about this song that is, you know, familiar. And then we are in the age of internet, like the internet age, you want to check, go online, check up, and then you revisit that old time mm. and you begin to listen to older songs. So, yeah. yes, there's a major link. That's why it's very important that sampling should not be ever like disturbed or stopped. Yeah, it has to continue. Halted at any point. Uh, if, there is a, if there are legal situations around it, I'm sure they will address them and, you know, uh, and just just keep the culture or keep the concept yeah. in- intact. All right, so um, we're going to be going straight to the first song that we're going to be analyzing for this episode. And um, this is the episode where as we would be touching a couple of songs that are not Nigerian-based or not made in the country Nigeria because mm. we decided that after every four episodes we drop yeah, one episode one that, that has as um international um audience having effects in the Nigerian industry. Also yeah. we're going to talk about how these songs were popular here. Obviously they have to be popular yeah. here. That's why we're doing it. That's why people um, can it. And beyond that the, the, it's a global audience. There, there might be other people who stumble on the podcast yeah. and then can connect to music is global. Yeah music is sometimes global. I wonder if sampling as a concept can be found in places like China. Definitely, I know that. It's a song like uh, Gangnam Style, for instance. I'll have to check, but I know that that song was too big not to have been sampled after, you, if you get my point. Yes, I so, it's true. not just in Nigeria, America, or other places. I'm sure in, in the Caribbean, uh, Spanish music, you find people who go back to old music and try to remake them. That happens all the time. Even the reggae artists, they want to do a new song. They would look for an older song they are very familiar with mm. and they love the sound, maybe love the progression of the song or the medley. The they remake. would just go back and remake. And that's one of the beautiful things that sampling has and sampling is that makes it unique and magnificent. So the first song we're going to be tackling today and analyzing is one that is very, very popular. I mean very, very popular because I know anybody that was actually very hip in the 90s, even in the Nigerian, like, in the Nigerian lifestyle, you would have songs like this, you know, booming in your ears all the time. Talking about um, Naughty by Nature's OPP. Uh, Naughty by Nature's OPP was really big, even though it wasn't big the time it came out. I think mm. I said it's um, 
one of our previous episodes where I said um, if a song is out in the US and it's really big, yeah. it takes about a year or two before, before we actually to... catch the vibe here. Yeah. It's not like the song wasn't playing on the radio or the song was not available for us to listen to. It's just that we take you know it takes a little bit of time for us to actually and there wasn't internet per se. Yeah, there so there's no like you know craze of the internet that we have now where you can just go online and check and then okay, what's happening your music in the US, immediately. what's happening in the UK, yeah. what's happening with the UK chart and Bell all that. Top 10s. Speaking of Naughty by Nature, we're yeah. talking what year now? Naughty by Nature, we're talking about 1991. 1991 is pretty close. Yeah. Um, OPP, Other People's Property. So Naughty by Nature, 1991, what album was this from? Um, it was the album Naughty by Nature. Okay, Self, self-titled. self-titled. Was that album. the first or? No, that wasn't the first. The first, they had a, an album in 1989. But you know, it was a usual thing in the 80s down to like the 90s. You would always want to have a self-titled um, album. Oh, okay. That was a big thing, actually. Oh. Check the Brandy, check um, Naughty by Nature. The only It was only very you few artists. Say, okay. Uh, it was only few, yeah, Beyonce came out later, 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 later. Yeah, so like, self-titled so, album is a thing. Yeah, it's a thing, major thing. Like first or second album, you yeah. want your name to be on the album. Is that some type of cliche? Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a cliche, but it kind of caught up with like the music industry when people like the early guys did it. Mm. The early early artists, OGs. the OGs, you know, the Functionatra. I think there's a Functionatra album that is actually Functionatra. Yeah. So, like, you know, all those kind of albums. A lot of people had that Gladys Knight and the Peeps. You know, it was a usual thing. So, at some point, we're going to expect that, okay, we're going to but, have... But it's no longer a thing. Can we agree? Yeah, it's no longer a thing. Yeah. Nobody does that anymore. I think the Nowadays, recent... we have sick titles for albums. Yeah, especially yeah. Especially in the hip-hop genre. Let's not, let's just not go there for now. There was a time I was, there was a time I, I used to want to be an artist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you had to have, like, I think your album names now are very, yeah, very important. Yeah, it has to be I mean, hits and strong. In Nigeria, you look at a lot of Ajasa, second turning by the right. I mean, where are you going? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, like, really cool names like and that. And then look at Kendrick. Damn. I can you just say damn? Mm, yeah, that's, I mean, that's the thing. So, it's, it's becoming sicker, especially with hip-hop. Mm. Um, so, we were talking about Naughty by Nature. What is this group like? A, a quick background and not by nature like trio um vincent brown um trich and there's a dj dj k i think that's his name dj k um three of them like trio big trio um, full-time hip-hop band full-time uh, no we don't call them band we call them a group because like it's like the proper hip-hop group more yeah. like more or less like um like run dmc with um the, the trio around know. the same time uh, no not the same time obviously because run dmc was like the early 80s like let's say like 84 85 down so but you know um not by nature came in 1989 big mm. but they are they didn't hit like hit hit yeah till like 91 this is not my initial album had songs for them you know hip-hop away opp that was where they made like you know but this opp was actually really big because i remember in 1993 sister act 2 came out and there was a part in this in the movie that had um they sampled opp in the movie mm-hmm. so like, like those the parts in the movie like the ending part of the movie anybody mm-hmm. that's familiar with sister act we know what I'm talking about. They got a G-O-D, hey, you know me. So they copied OPP. And um, one thing about the group, and the, the early days of the group, um, Trich used to be the one that takes all the song, all the songs, until he, um, Hip Hop Ray, I came up later for them, and they had, that was when um, Vincent started, you know, rapping on the songs. So Trich, so uh, that, that would make people, anybody that's familiar with Naughty by Nature would think, okay, Naughty by Nature, they kind of have the same flow. It's not because they have the same flow, in fact. It's because... Um, Trich used to take most of the songs. Okay. Although the songs were written by three of them, but Trich would take it. It's like what we have with, I mean, we mentioned bands now that have one lead vocalist. Yeah. And then 
there are the, the entire band that play a major music, parts play, play instruments yeah we find out we're rock bands major yes, yes um around that time when this is 91 92 right there was the Fujis. Yeah, the, the Fujis were around. The Fujis were around. What other bands or I keep saying band, what other groups, groups. or hip hop guys were popping? Yeah, uh, we had um, NWA, the, the NWA guys. We had um, the early days of um, the early Brother, days. Brothers with Attitude. Yeah, we had the early days with. Um, it's not. Yeah, we have to say Brothers with Attitude, <laughs> right? <laughs> we have um, the early days of um, people like. Oh, the Grandmaster Flash is all those guys they had already been there for mm, a while because mm. Grandmaster Flash used to have a group too as well yeah. so that's why we have to call them a group we mm. call the Fujis the Fujis too uh, let's say the Fujis were I, I like to call the Fujis 90s group yeah they started solidly in the 90s mm. you know and then we didn't have a lot of groups like that we had one 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 if guys you, yeah. you guys. only a few guys Outcast was around no no Outcast didn't come out like I don't know Outcast like maybe late 90s oh, okay because like I remember solidly like Outcast Started breaking was like maybe late nineties. Oh, okay. It's not like they were not around, but they so were these guys are real OGs. I don't know. I mean, not, for Bonnie to be able to see nothing by nature. Nothing by nature is is they, they are, they are one of the names you call. I mean, they started rap. They had a rap album in nineteen eighty nine. That's not yeah. a small thing, you yeah. know. For you to have a rap album in nineteen eighty nine, nineteen eighty nine was year of New Jack Swing. Why would you be releasing a rap album? Yes, but people like you know the bosses that started that time in the eighties that the. I think Dr. Dre was already solid at that time too. Mm. He had his, you know, a couple of stuffs out there already. So all those kind of people like that, they were they had to you had to be like rooted to hip hop. So these guys were hip hop guys, you know, to the core. They were not just the regular Jews that just come around to just do a couple of songs and you know leave the scene. So let's flip to the song that was sampled on OPP by Naughty by Nature. This is a song titled ABC, right? By yeah. the Jackson Five. Yes. How long first of all, how far apart were um, the two songs? The Jackson Five song was done in nineteen seventy, although it was recorded December nineteen sixty nine. Okay. But it was released in nineteen seventy. I think January nineteen seventy, that's when it was released. So ABC by my by Jackson Five. Yeah. I, I I was preparing for this and you know I read a few things about the Jackson Five, uh, the fact that Michael, of course, is the youngest of yeah, the fourteen years. He was fourteen when he sang the song, and they they went through you know a, a lot of you know quite a journey trying to get themselves together, uh, signing from deal to deal, from label to label before they, they were able to solidify. Yeah, what was Jackson Five like for 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 the new generation who? You know, trying to just let, let's learn a few things about Jackson Five. The main information about the group before Michael blew up, broke away, and, and yeah, Ma- Michael didn't blow up to nineteen. Michael on his own, on his own, didn't blow up to nineteen seventy nine. For context, Michael is Michael Jackson. Yes, Michael Jackson. <laughs> because I'm talking about Jackson Five. Michael Joseph Jackson. So Michael Joseph Jackson did not blow up to nineteen seventy nine on his own as a solo artist. Yeah. He didn't get it big to 1979 until Quincy Jones said, you know what, I like this guy. After they did, there was a Motown movie they did at that time called The Wiz. I had Michael Jackson in it. So, uh, when Michael Jackson came in and then, you know, he he did his thing on the movie, acted really cool and um, Quincy Jones was very, very interested in him as an artist and said, you know what, I'm going to make this guy a very, very important artist and I'm going to make him big and then he approached um, his father then Joseph Jackson but let's leave that for now we're talking about Michael Jackson too much talking about Jackson 5 Jackson 5 the group of brothers that did wonderful music they had been very popular since like 65 I think 60, yeah 65 was the year they started really big because they had good numbers in the early days you understand and but ABC kind of became the number for them 
they had other songs before that time, but ABC was the number that everybody knew. Do you understand? You know how like came before I'll be there. I feel that's like the most popular song that I know of the Jackson Five, perhaps in Nigeria. ABC was bigger. Yeah, ABC was bigger because ABC was an album. So one of the good things about that album is the fact that people don't know that a lot of songs that was written for the a lot of songs that was done by the Jacksons was written by a particular group of people. Three people in the group. Barry Gordy that owns Motown. I'm sure you know that yeah. they actually left, left one label for uh, there was one label they were moving Motown. Motown. Yeah, yeah, but Motown was where they got solidified as it because as at that time Motown were um were the group for a very cool black artist that would dress formally, mm. you know, wear the suit. They had the Smokey Robinsons, had um, Marvin Gaye in his early days. You know, those guys, they had the uh, Dana Rosses, the Supremes. Everybody that was cool and well put together had to be from Motown, the Detroit band, you know, mm. the Detroit group, you know, because uh, Motown was in Detroit. So, um, Jackson 5 were the kind of like the funky guys of the Motown era mm. because they were the only ones that were not completely you know how you create a brand and your brand every other thing when you see the brand represented somewhere you know that this, this is the yeah, brand yeah. anywhere you see a black guy or black group with suits or looking all well put together you know these guys are Motown guys yeah. but Jackson 5 were different they had the whole funky vibes mm. you know they had the small boy in front always happy I mean, if you watch any Jackson 5, you'd only see Michael was dancing happy. Was that a thing to have five people in a group? Yeah, it was now. You no, know, it wasn't a thing, but it was a thing to have a group. As at that time, too many groups. The yeah. Fall Tops, um, the, whispers. Uh, the Whispers, the OJs, um, the Supremes. Um, like bands or groups were a thing? Major thing. I mean, you weren't anything if you were in a group. I mean, James Brown had a group too. James mm. Brown was already solid from 1965. He was already doing a whole lot. But James Brown was... That's been active since 1958. Mm. But at that time, in 1960s, he formed a band, had a good band, a very, very good band. I think that's something we're going to need to talk about in another day. Because James Brown's band was, he's called James Brown and the James Brown Orchestra. They were mm. really good. Everybody had to be in a group or something. Yeah. Even Frank Sinatra had a whole group. Did being in groups come as, you know, a way to be able to get people to play instruments? Or was it just, for instance... No, no, a group is different from a band. Okay, now, when you say group, all of them were singing. Yeah, they were singing. The yeah, the five. No, no, they were singing most of the time. Obviously, they would play other instruments because I know. Because I'm trying to Tito connect. and Jermaine used to play um, the guitar. Yeah, I want. I want to see if the reason we don't, we no longer have groups in this era, or we stop having groups as over much time because we because have production groups. has changed and one person can actually take the song. It's and easier to to be solo. Is that you, is that the reason? What, you know what? I want to say something now. I know this might sound a little biased, or. Uh, because it's coming from me that is like I'm an old soul mm-hmm. uh, but like, I feel like there's something that groups have that we can't have for solo artists there was a time I was I was telling somebody I said we need to bring back groups like solid groups I mean we had groups in Nigeria too Plantation Boys those guys were really cool yeah. you know the remedies, the remedies although all those kind of things you know Star music would Plus, change more recently yeah things would change but look at that time there are people like Lakeside The Silvers Atlantic Star when you listen to groups like that these are groups that were 80s, 70s you know um, um, the village people there's this thing about the sound the unison TLC. the voice yeah TLC Westlife. the trio yeah the Westlife those voice. were the 90s guys you know I'm talking about people that are 70s, 60s mm. those guys were there's this sound they have unison you know when you're doing ad-libs and it's done by different people I'm not underrating or bringing down the people that do ad-libs on their own right now but I'm just saying it would be really cool for us to have that kind of vibe again where we have different groups coming together 
like even a group or a band. But, but times have changed. Yeah, times have changed. But yeah, I feel, I feel, I personally feel music would be done better. I will have groups, and the thing is, we still have it today, hmm. some way or the other. We hear about like, for example, if a solo artist wants to record an album, the people, the artist would probably get a couple of people into the studio to work with them. Yeah, know? but but it's different when you know you are the leader of the band and then they play for you. Yeah, yeah. It's different. So yeah. I feel the money issue is, is, a, of, big, yeah. is a big part. First of all, yeah, that's the thing. That's, that's sometimes a there's, one, there's one star of the group. Yeah, and, and, and that's, that's what happened with Jackson 5 too. No matter how much they were good together. I mean, there were a couple of songs that were taken by Tito and Jermaine. One of these songs, um, Body, that was done by the Jackson 5 then. I think that was 1981 or so. That time, Michael Jackson was already a big star. It was after, okay, 1983. It was after his thriller time. So he would he would do some songs with Jackson 5 because he never really left the group. Mm. He, he never cool really left them, the group. And they yeah. were still performing. He was still performing. But it's not like he was a solo artist, but never like, he never like yeah. officially like, oh, I'm not part of this group anymore. Yeah, because they're I mean, brothers. They're brothers, so like, just once in a while. And, and in fact, thing. I learned that even after Michael Jackson's death, they still, of course, they're still active performing. Yes, Tito and Jermaine are still very active. Speaking of which, I think it's okay to mention Janet Jackson. There, there's yeah, another yeah. Sis- sister. Yeah, yeah, Janet I like Jackson the fact Latoya. that, you know, Janet Jackson is still very kicking it. Janet Jackson, is, Janet Jackson is a legend. Janet Jackson has 27 number one hits. Whoa. No other artist has that. Even Michael Jackson. How so? Eh? How did that happen? I, I mean, like she, she's she had a she had a time. When you say number one, this is Billboard, right? Yeah, twenty-seven number one hits. Twenty-seven. She's the only one. She has two records that only her possess or has presently. Ooh. She's the only one that in her album at the end of the year, five of the songs from a seven-song album made top That's ten. Solid. At the end of the year, the, number one to ten, you see Jenny Jackson five times. Wow. From an album that had just seven songs. Our most recent song that I, you know, connect with is the one with J. Cole, No Sleep. Pretty, you know, it's it's more this generation type music. Yeah, yeah, obviously. She's, she, she has been, she has been, that's one of the things that had made, uh, I made uh, Janet Jackson, I wish would have helped Michael Jackson if he was still alive today, was the mm. fact that they were always ready to move with the vibe of today, you know, yeah. change, the, change the tune. I mean, and that's what, and that's a good thing. That brings us back to this group, Jackson 5. Jackson 5 were changing with time. That's what kept them relevant. They were changing with time. They would, as at the 60s, they were sounding like a classic group, 60s classic group. As at the 70s, they brought in the disco vibe. They had the disco, mm. funky vibe in it. And when it came to the 70s, which was the 70s, normally the disco era, they were hitting it really good. And I don't want to, um, I want to just um, give big respect to the corporation. That's the name of the group that writes and produce yeah. um, the songs for um, Jackson 5. Obviously, they were not like the greatest of songwriters at that time. Michael Jackson wasn't at that level yet. He was mm. still young. I mean, 14. So we had Barry Gordy, mm, Frederick Perrin, Alfonso Mizell, and Deke Richards. I'm calling him Deke Richards because I think that's that's how they call it. Four D-E-K-E, people. Deke Richards. Four people. They call so, themselves the cooperation. Yeah. So let's flip it back to Naughty by Nature. How much sampling was done on the OBP song? I mean, how much of of the uh, ABC song by mm. Jackson Five was sampled on OPP by Naughty by Nature? Heavy sampling, like Michael Jackson's voice was heard, the medley was heard, really? the progression was done. Even the early, the only part of that, the only part of that song that was not, the only part of the medley and progression that was not from ABC was the beginning part. And funnily, that beginning part 
was also sampled. The verses, the raps. Ah, no, no, nothing, nothing, nothing. Those were, those were purely, purely, purely not by, by nature. Yes, purely not by nature but content. The, the chorus, the, the chorus, flow. the flow. Yeah, the flow was the flow. The way they took the flow yeah. was yeah, the flow was ABC. Yeah, ABC's flow. Uh, the beginning part was Melvin's Bliss synthetic substitution, and I think that part has been that part alone. This has been sampled yeah, so I can much. There's enough song that I could hear. Yeah, like, so that's much. That's for another day. So, what genres switch places? Um, we have um pop, ABC's pop, and then we have hip hop. That's a long range because when you think about pop, as yeah, at that time, pop, pop in the seventies, pop in the seventies has a different vibe to pop in the twenties. That's 2020s that we are now or mm. 2010s is completely different yeah, so yeah. like you listen to songs like Don't Go Breaking My Heart that was done in the early 70s and listen to Ariana Grande's new songs No with Tears maybe, Left To Cry yeah yeah those, those are completely different yeah. songs so there's more electric but you know you could expect it because as at the early days of rap we know that there was a lot of sampling done so it's fine yeah so that's that's how so it this was. is 20 years apart yeah, 20, 21 years 21 years yeah, apart 21 years and apart. um anything more to say before we play the song um yeah okay the production credits for naughty by nature's opp was produced by naughty by nature themselves okay. they were really good very handsy too um jackson five as i said was done by uh the producers were the corporation as well um the album was abc that's the name of the album as well. When you say the corporation were producers, yeah, were they involved with beat making? Yeah, they make everything. This is very good. Writing, Abby. They do, they they do write, writing. They will produce. They're just like Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis oh. and Leon Silvers the third. They would write and produce and they would do it. They would arrange. write the lyrics. Write, write the music. Yes, arrange, produce. produce. So basically all you do, all the Jackson 5's were doing that at that time performing they're just performing but they performed very well let's listen to jackson 5's abc sampled by naughty by nature opp hey, that kind of sound even the title sound. yes now abc opp yeah that's that's sound really sampled. Good. so yeah we'll be back with the sample access podcast we got nelson here uh, on the right on episode five that sounds like a rhyme <laughs>
Welcome back to the Sample Access Podcast. Um, you just listened to Jackson 5's ABC that was sampled by Naughty by Nature's uh, song OPP. Um, right, we are down to it immediately. Talking about um, a couple of things that happened and how um, sampling has evolved in the years. Um, I want to talk quickly about how sampling was before licensing affected it. What's the difference? Uh, the difference is because as at that time, the olden days, the uh, early days of sampling, you would just pick up a song redo it and nobody was going to attack you you know you could just i mean we had hip-hop artists that would have nothing less than three to four songs in a song Whoa. that are redoing yeah people like Rizard, wu-tang clan oh wu-tang clan sampled wu-tang clan sampled a lot of songs they would take one two three songs that- take the songs redo the songs and it would sound really amazing um they would have songs that were slow make it faster sped up you know songs that were very fast they will slow it down yeah. like Sheik's Good Time that was done by Sugar Hill they will reduce it and they will just you know rap on it, on it you know vibe on it and it was really cool but the moment licensing came around there was this bridge it became like it became a uh, you needed to get permission yeah it became a bad man zone you would have to be really rich and I remember there was one time um, one of the old time producers uh, I would say one of the old time producers Riza Riza even said in one of his um, documentaries he was saying it's really hard for people to for people in the come up to actually try and do songs now because you know these guys when they started all they needed to do was listen to old songs and redo the old songs you get and that was that was where their inspiration came from although they would have kicks here and they have their own proper synthesizer sound here and there but like good lyrics too yeah they had something to work with but now you can't just you can't mess with people especially if you have people that they hold on to their masters really tight you don't want to mess with companies like universal you would be in Serious wala. Big problem. So don't you don't so it was really hard. That's why it now became a rich man's game. So if you are not very rich or well to do, like the Kanye West, you know, the Jay-Z, mm-hmm. you can't just like look at I'm very sure the amount of people Kendrick Lamar paid money to for that album 
D-A-M-N. The Dem album. The Must have been a whole lot of money because he had a lot of people in there. And when you check all those people's um, their record labels, they're talking about the RCAs, the Universal. And I think Kendrick is, you know, big on sampling. Yeah, he's big on sampling. To because Butterfly yeah. and um, the other album. But the thing is, I feel like... Appara- what's, what's the name of the other one? To Pimpe Butterfly, um, uh, Good uh, Kid, Mad City. Yeah, you can hear... Yeah, uh, but the thing is, I, I understand why someone like that does hip-hop would want to sample because sampling for hip-hop artists is normal. Part of the culture. It's part of the culture. You, you, the, the song is not hip hop until there's a major sampling in bite. it. Yeah, there's bite from somewhere. I mean, that's it's like I think hip hop should be called a redefined music, like recycled music that's done. But then it has different. a sense. It has a definition of, of its own. I don't think it ever happened that people rhymed like that. You know. Yeah. Flowed like that. Like the flow is, is sick. It was yeah, and I, I remember one of the documentaries I saw one time, and um, it had one of those artists that was they were talking about the first time they heard a rap song, and they were like, "Whoa, this sounds really fresh!" It's like it was, and it's actually hard. Like, what's going on? Like this is are these guys talking or it's hard to write? Are they like? I mean, Eminem would write, would would drop a verse for for like one minute plus, and it's still raking. And these are words that you know it's not like he's flipping four bars 32 bars are still counting so it's a unique genre even though i I just don't want us to downplay the the power or the essence of hip-hop by saying they sampled a lot they sampled yes in fact it's like the face of sampling in in music but they did a lot of work with verses they dropped good verses on a sampled beat or, or, or whatever so um speaking of the song um licensing now i, I was trying to like clarify was there licensing before sampling there was a kind of licensing before sampling of course um uh, before sampling license your music yeah everybody. normally yes there was a licensing for support like licensing in terms of sampling yeah that wasn't a major thing like you could do songs we had people that were doing complete covers of songs and they have they didn't have a problem you understand like you probably the only thing that was done there maybe just a gesture you just go and meet the artist you're like you know what i like I your song your... i want to do a cover of your song and you know then it was a good good thing and sometimes some people don't even meet up people i'm not sure elvis presley ever met up big mama thornton for ain't nothing but a hound dog i don't think he did it wasn't it wasn't a big deal yeah it wasn't a big deal just do your stuff and i mean people do complete ripoffs which is one of the things we want to talk about where the line is crossed between sampling and completely ripping off for me i feel sampling is if you can take a song add one or two things to it bring new elements and don't make it sound the same exact way uh, because there's something that I, a lot of people do not like they don't like when when you want to sample a song, but you let the sample do the work for you. Hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, for example, every step I take, every Pete step Evans I take. And Puff Daddy. Yeah, that was done by the police originally. I kind of felt like, apart from the rapping, that was different. The entire. They kind of made the song, the police's song, did most of the work. Yeah. For me. I'm not going to talk, I'm not going to talk about any the other person. Chorus, yeah, every step, at every move yeah, I make. Yeah. It was just redone. Like, I really don't think. That should be called. So I think that's that probably be the line for me. Like, okay, this is almost a complete ripoff. Okay. Almost. Is there a thing like ripoff in in the parlance? And there's there's no thing. That's what I'm that's what I'm saying. But we ourselves have to come to terms with the fact that okay, there are some songs that you there's, allow there's the limit. old song do the old work for you. Do you understand? Like stand now by Eminem. Yeah. The song itself was downplayed. The chorus itself was downplayed. Mm. Even though the cross was a ripoff, was was an entire ripoff of another song, it was downplayed because Eminem's rap drove that song. Yeah. In Stan. Not like the the chorus 
being the star of the song. Yeah, exactly. But when you look at that song, every move I make. That's the that's the chorus everybody knows. Everybody knows, and it's just yeah, yeah like just take now. Okay, I just remember the song now. Bobby Cladwell's "What You Gonna Do for Love." Eric Williams and Tupac redid that song. But when they did that song, Bobby Cladwell's part was even. They, in fact, they even credited Bobby Cladwell in that song. But you could hear that Tupac's rap drove that song. Hmm. Eric Williams gave some ad libs, new vibe to the sound, or something. Now, Faith Evans did a wonderful job taking that song. You know, Every, she did it. But like, I still felt like. I don't know that. I think that's the line for me. There's a point there. Do you get what I'm saying? I get it. Like no. there's a point there. Like nah, nah. But, but that's no longer an issue now. Yeah, if it you is. are going to do that entirely, yeah, you get permission from the owners. Pure Bonner permission. Boy, featuring Naughty by Nature on the song titled Naughty by Nature of the Twice Has Stole album. Was that a sample, a cover? Or? No, that's a sample now. Obviously, that's a sample. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a sample, but he it didn't flow. rip off now. It didn't rip off. Mm. But Bonner Boy's verse. Speaking in pigeon, almost rapping in pigeon. Yeah, it sounded like jamboree. Was laid on top of the flow. Yeah, the, the progression was the same. It sounded like jamboree for me too. Oh, and of course he featured them. I'm, I'm just wondering how the negotiation would be done. I, Are I, they negotiating on sample or on feature or both? Yeah, I think it has to be both. But yeah. I'm very sure they will come to an understanding because yeah. that's what music is all about. First things first, you would want to agree with the artist. But in this kind of case, where the artist is being featured, there will be. A, you understand yeah, because yeah. it will be a lot of money for you to take Jamboree, take the flow of Jamboree, then have them on the album again. See the money yeah, go the, yeah. but I, I think it, long. It, of course with Diddy's influence, it shouldn't be a big deal yeah. reaching them. And I'm sure Naughty by Nature, from what I heard, sounds like there's a mutual respect between both teams. Yeah, Burner to Naughty by Nature. Yes, and, yes. I mean it's it's a great thing to be able to feature your icons. I mean Burner. I think Burner said Burner said that Burner said that. This is people that I have always that he has always looked up to. Yeah. I think he said one of the first songs he actually heard that was memorized. That I could memorize was Naughty by Nature's Hip Hop Parade. So that's understanding. We're going to get to Hip Hop Parade another time, maybe in the future. Let's get to Dilemma by um, which leads us Woo. from. You I, know, feel, I feel like what this is, is a near ripoff. Yeah, Kelly Rowland, almost featuring Nelly. But I, the understanding here is different. Patti Labelle was completely cool with that song going on like that yeah. because Kelly Rowland's part in we're talking about Nelly's Dilemma right now don't let us like you know Jump. digress too much Nelly's Dilemma was done in 2002 probably one of the biggest songs even here in Nigeria that year as at that time in 2002 I think I said that in a previous episode as well from the album Nelly View was a successful album um, Nelly already had you know that time because it was from um, the southern part of the US and they weren't known for rapping mm. uh, like that and then it came up and you know it was rapping and it, was, it had a different flow I'm sure you understand yeah. that like there was this distinctive thing Good it wasn't sounding like the DMX's or Jaru's he added he added he added a little bit of southern uh, was that southern vibe um? it was softer than what yeah it wasn't was. hardcore it wasn't straight it was up bad because you could fit R&B perfectly. Yeah, and although other artists were doing it at that time, I mean, the Jarrus were doing but it. His um, was, yeah, his was chilled. more um, chilled. chilled because, and it made sense because, as at the '90s time, transitioning into the 2000s, what was winning was gangsta rap. Okay. And then all of a sudden there was a flip, boom, like that, and then people started 
you know, vibing and it was. This really was the cool. same year or the same era that had um Fadjo. Yeah, Fadjo and Ashanti. Yeah, start the song. What's the love that had to do? Jaru, yeah, and there's one song too that people would remember very well. Black Street, um, Dr. Dre. Shall we get down? Good Lord. Uh, mm, I like the way you work it. No diggity. I what you just said it sounds like it. I can tell one or two Nigerians have done this. I like the way you. Yes, sir. Nigerians <laughs> have abused. I like the way you. Yeah, right. yeah. But like, that's, I mean, that's the beauty of music. You can yeah. take one part and put it in another part, and it sounds completely. Speaking different. of taking parts, Nigerians have young Nigerians in Afrobeats. They have they have exhausted whiskey's lines. Odoyewu. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you can hear when you when you go down low, all those things. I'm sure either one day or whiskey it started. They have ripped it, so you can almost tell this is this is not your line. Yeah, it People is. People have repeated it's and it stuff like that. creativity. If you are sampling something, do it properly. Don't yeah. don't, don't do it. I mean, don't just don't don't do a lazy job. But then but then again, um, the industry can separate the men from the boys. They know the mm. real, real writers. Yeah, yeah. Real creatives who who make things happen. I mean, I mean, we have, we have, we have. Let's just quickly digress a little bit. We have people like um, Fireboy coming up right now, doing mm. good stuff. You can tell that amazing stuff. Speaking of Fireboy, you can tell that Fireboy can go ten different ways, ten different times. Yeah, he won't repeat. Or, or you can tell from his first and second album that this guy knows, like he knows different ways of doing. Yeah, it. that's unlike, that's the style they making. Like those those guys who. They go, go on and way, yeah, that's the that's the style they making. That's the style they making. They are the same thing. That's the style they making. Now talking about Nelly's um, dilemma. Nelly's dilemma was so big as I said earlier. I'm very sure anybody like anybody that was hip. I like to say hip because you know some people were not that hip at that time. Mm. They became hip later, later. So I'm like anybody that was hip at that time would probably know all the wordings to that song. And Kelly Rowland, whoa, whoa, beautiful. Be- she, I, I feel like. Because I've heard Patti LaBelle's song, and I know Patti LaBelle's song. Now, I didn't know Patti LaBelle's song before Nelly's mm-hmm. Dilemma. Yeah. So that's one of the things that Sampling did. Brings back the... Brings back that. And I had to go all the way back to 1983. Check. To check back and listen. So now, a soulful song. Beautiful song. I'm very sure anybody that wants to listen to this song, Patti LaBelle's Love, Need and Want You, is almost the same thing. Because when you have listened to Dilemma, it's almost like you have listened to this song. It's almost like you have listened to the song. But she took it with, you know, grace and panache. Let me quickly digress. Um, Patti LaBelle was in the same era as Aretha Franklin. Yes, Gladys Knight. Gladys Knight and a few others. Yes. There was a versus recently that you know, Gladys Knight versus yes. Patti LaBelle and it was so good to have them, you know, do that and then bring back old music. I'm not big on that. I don't know a lot of the songs but I can appreciate what music was like back then. I'm going into soul music. Yeah. They were doing soul. It was slow. It was love stories and all that. Somehow we cannot find, you know, songs so like that anymore. anymore. No, we have them. It's just that they are not as popular. They are not in the mainstream. They are no more. You know, then, then I'm talking about the 80s right now. The 80s or the time when people like Patti LaBelle, um, big respect to her. She has been in the industry for over six decades now. She's 76. Um, she has been there since she was 16. She started singing when she was 16. So yes, six decades complete as of this year. Um, she's solid. And she has actually transitioned very well. I mean, she still has records, a couple of records that are quite recent. That woman doesn't look 
old at all. Mm. She has actually done it all. You understand in terms of music, mm. done the soul. She was there in the Jivey time. She tried Jivey. She was there in the disco era. She tried the disco era, but her niche was that that soulful sound. Yeah. And yeah. you understand that, as I said, music and time change. All the, the, the changes would always happen. Yeah. She had that, you know, time of um, I'm switching up from this to that to another. to another genre. So like. Soul as at that time was it was a go-to thing. You had people like Ben King, you know, people like Nathan Cole, like people like the Sinatra's in the sixties that would music. give you slow sounds Lullaby. and you know talk to your soul, your inner inner man, if there's anything like that. And that was why those kind of songs then were a rave. Even I look at that. This song, even though it was done in 1983, 1983 was a jivey time. We had people like, you know, the Silvers giving up. They were I mean disco was this quite ended and it was getting into the Chivy songs, the Earth, Wind and Fire were dropping hits, you know. So, like, the song at that time was a misplaced in that era. Mm. But it still did so well because it was mm. Party Bell. Let's talk about Kelly Rowland doing a good delivery of that song, even though... Good delivery is another statement. It's a, it's she a did a bite. wonderful delivery. At that time in 1992, right? Or 2002. 2002 yeah. How, what was the state of the industry? Licensing, like... What was the perception of mm. something I yeah mean, something already became a bad word as at that time it was already a bad word but people still they kept on doing it because they knew this was the part that was that has come to stay as at 98 it was already a bad word i i think I, I said in one of our previous episodes that beastie boys were one of the first artists that actually got to be sued for sampling they got sued for sampling records and that became a thing so but like they did a great delivery of the song so you would neglect it. I mean, that didn't stop. Yeah. Because licensing was, came... Um, Patti LaBelle was in the video. Yeah, because licensing affected sampling. Didn't mean sampling stopped. People still went on. Thinking about 2004, Kanye um, West album. Is it Graduation? Which one? Graduation. Or College Dropout? I'm not really sure. Okay, 2000, there's, there's, there's an album, a first album that Kanye um, dropped. Had several... Um, but this time there was a structure to yeah there was a structure to it and you know that's why I said the old money thing I'm sure Nelly too had to pay a lot of money but look Patti LaBelle was completely cool with it she was even in the video she acted as um, Kelly Rowland's mother yeah. in the video so you know, this was amazing Um, these two songs are songs that you know forever would remain as um, one of the best best songs ever made and in their time yeah and we, I like the fact that um the song kind of has this almost complete ripoff but it wasn't a complete ripoff because as I said earlier, Nelly's rap drove that song. Hmm. Even though you know you were t- listening to a song you have heard before, and Kelly Rowland took an entire verse and did it again. But really, when we say Nelly's rap drove the song, mm. what I think sold the song a lot was the chorus. Was the chorus? Yeah, yeah. But like you so, see, for instance, I w- I imagine you want to say it's on the same level as every step I take. Not like that, but I imagine post negotiation on sampling where the owner of the song would be like, "Yo, let's let's." talk about how big this song became because, because of my influence oh yeah that's true kelly roland's voice and that chorus i'm sure yeah people can vibe with nelly we have royalties now you call it royalties now yeah. that's, that's where royalties but, come but, into play but, 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 but again music is powerful where you make something that can still make millions for someone in the future and you don't even know what you have made when you true, made it. true true so like that's that was a perfect sample that song in particular, yeah. Dilemma, was a good way to, you know, remake a song and then, you know, make make good fortune out of it. Let's talk briefly about Kelly Rowland at that time. She was in the 
Destiny's yeah, Child. Yeah, I think Destiny's Childs were not as close anymore as at that time. 2002. 2002. Yeah, so they were as. Yeah, but they were still together. Who but were like, the other members? Beyonce and um, Michelle. Oh, she wasn't. She she's not as popular. Yeah, yeah, she wasn't as popular as them. So they they did real good music. You know, I don't think even to date, Destiny Shouts did a song in 2011 or so. Oh, so yeah. like they are still they were a group. It's just like the way all those other groups are too. There's one particular group. I don't know if anybody remembers them. They used to be called ODC. They are the Lopez sisters. This is for the oldies. Mm-hmm. Different from yeah. TLC. Yeah, ODC. They used to be. They are the Lopez sisters. But they used to change every single time. Even as at now, the ODC they are still available to to today. They have been on since 1976, but they are still on till today. But they have a completely different group, different phase. But they were always a trio. So that happens all the time too. But for Destiny's Child, they still remain Destiny's Child, but they are not just making music together yeah, anymore. I mean, Kelly Rowland was featured in Ali. the... Um, Brown Skirga, yeah. Movie. So obviously they are still oh, nice. cool. Michelle wasn't featured. featured. I, I, I don't think she was though. Where is she? Show up now. <laughs> I don't know so Let's much about her. Let's do a recap. Alright, so the production recap. Uh, we talked about um, Nellis Dilemma. The producers were the Nimrods. Uh, that's a very weird name. I think it was a group of people that just gave themselves the name, the Nimrods, and they produced that Dilemma song. But the real song, Patti LaBelle's Love, Need, and Want You, was produced by Bonnie Sigler and Kenny Gamble. These are very big people because they actually wrote that song too. So thinking about it too, uh, Patti LaBelle was just a performer for the song because it was written and produced by Bonnie Ziegler and Kenny Gamble. Whose so, name was it um, licensed to? Whose name? Must have been Patti LaBelle. Yeah, Patti LaBelle, obviously. But like, three of, two of them would also have royalties. So you see what how these royalties things work? So when Nelly, Nelly does that song, when he pays, they have a percentage you get out of <laughs> it. It's like your music pays for you I, forever. I imagine people whose songs have been sampled in multiple ways. So every time there is a sample... Like Man, Manu Dibango, So Makosa. Check comes in. Manu Dibango, So Makosa has been sampled... The last time I checked, 1,256 times. I'm trying to get something right for all the 1,000 samples. Before licensing became a thing in the okay. late 90s. Do they, does it get paid by each of them? It has to get paid now. Sometimes ah, once, sometimes yes. multiple times. Yes, as far as the royalties go That's, on. That sounds like good money. Yes, I mean, everybody should be a musician and let their songs to be sampled. Guys, very, very important. follow us on social media. Twitter especially, Boyega Adeoya. Boyega underscore Adeoya. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram as well, Boyega Adeoya. I'd love to connect with you. Please share the podcast with your friends and we'll see you next time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can also get to me on uh, Twitter at N-W-A-E-N-I-E capital N on Twitter. Uh, this is the song Nelly's Dilemma and Patti LaBelle's Love, Need and Want You. I think Patti LaBelle should come first. Yeah.
start acting trippin' out here about the girl There's no way, hey, I lick on fire over no day As you can see, but I, I like your steeze, your style, your whole demeanor The way you come through and holler and swoop me in his two seat Now that's gangsta, and I got special ways to thank ya But don't you forget it, but uh, it ain't that easy for you to back up and leave him But uh, you and dirty got ties for different reasons, I respect that And right before I turned to leave, she said Coast.